Hey, you know, what, one of the things that All Souls has always cared about is uh, seeking the peace of our city. And one of the things that we encourage everybody to do is find a nonprofit that you really care about, really champion it, and give to it. Um, we don't start a bunch of new things ourselves. We try to support the great works that are already here. So think about a nonprofit uh, as year comes to the end that you might give to. It's been a hard year for nonprofits. And as you do that, think about us too. It's in a group of guys that I've been with for a number of years. Wednesday morning, we were on Zoom. We were having a Bible study and actually, actually just turned into this great conversation. And I don't know what it is about where we are, but people have become more open than I think I've ever experienced in any kind of a group. And I just was so full with just knowing I was a part of this community, everybody at all sorts of different places asking all sorts of different questions, but everybody's trying to move towards God, towards Jesus. And I think that's one of the things I just love about you and about our little church is I think that's the gift we give the community, uh, a place where wherever you are, you can come in and try to move towards Jesus. And any year in giving you can give towards that mission that will help us keep going. Well, I hope to see you Christmas Eve right here in the yard, 5 o'clock. And uh, for those of you listening, 1427 Exeter Avenue. And next Sunday, Christmas Sunday at at 4, that'll be a, a, a real uh, stripped-down service. Uh, we're just going to kind of come together, sing some carols, and I'll talk just briefly. Well, this Advent, we have been meditating on the Incarnation, uh, this incredible reality that God became man. And at the end of each meditation, we've asked, uh, how, does, how does this beautiful truth give us hope? And in tonight, we're looking at uh, Paul's incredible description of the Incarnation. And he's a long way from John's mystical, uh, beautiful prose and from the angel's declaration in Luke. Paul is embedding the Incarnation as an example of how to love each other when you're fighting, of how to care for each other well when you're in relational conflict. He says in verse 3, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Well, you can kind of tell what was going on in Philippi. Uh, there were rivalries. There were people kind of breaking into camps. There, were, there was conceit or self-importance. Uh, there was uh, considering my views more important than yours or my needs more important than yours. And so gossip was spreading and fellowship was unraveling and community was breaking down and families were struggling with living in peace. And so Paul gives this simple instruction, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And then he gives the ultimate example of how to do that, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And before we go further, uh, just take a moment, survey the relationships in your life tonight. Uh, if we had time, if it was warmer, we'd even do the little prayer around that, but we won't. Survey the people in your life. Is there, is there one face you might keep in mind tonight? Somebody maybe that you're struggling to love well. Keep that person's face before you tonight as we look at this beautiful passage.
Well, Paul says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. He says there's a certain mind, a certain attitude, a certain posture of the heart that we're supposed to take with us into community, into the Christmas holidays, into our Zoom rooms, into the, all the different ways that we relate. And this, this mindset is found in Christ Jesus. Um, a young Christian recently came to me, and she's just starting the Christian life, and she said, all right, pastor, just show me the rules. If you'll just show me the rules, I'll do them. That's all I need you to do is show me the rules. <laughs> and we had a fun conversation about where the rules fit in the, the life of the Christian. And of course, there's lots of great teaching in the Bible about how to do stuff, how to live the Christian life. But we get into trouble when the rule keeping becomes our faith. And we think keeping rules is the way towards life and joy and loving God. No, it, it's in Christ Jesus. And, and let's remember that. And if you're in a place tonight of relational tension or difficulty, probably what God is doing is first before anything else is calling you back into Christ Jesus, calling you to come to him and just, just pray something like, Jesus, I am really struggling to love Susie. I spend so much time wishing Susie would change or wondering how I can get her to love me or approve me. Susie takes up so much space in my heart. Forgive me for this. I can't change anybody. I want to love Susie well. Just give me the strength to do this. That may be the best thing you can do tonight. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped at. Jesus, as we saw last week in John 1, 1, is the word from the beginning of all eternity. He has been the eternal Son of God forever. He had every right to stay in heaven, every right not to come and become a human being. But he didn't grasp at that. And so something we might, might think about is, what kind of rights am I demanding, am I clinging to, as I move into relationship with this other person. Jesus made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. The Greek literally means he emptied himself of everything. And I, and I think we're talking, we could be talking about rights. He, he, he went into the relationship not demanding to be understood and respected and heard and known. He lays all of that down. He empties himself, even of expectations, so that he can love. Now wait just a minute. Because aren't we describing the makings of a really sick relationship here? Where I continually empty myself of all my needs for the sake of the other. I never care about what I get in return. Isn't that kind of codependency? I remember a talk many years ago given by a, a powerful speaker named Lynn Hybels. And she had been in ministry many years. And the talk was called, I Died to Self and Myself Almost Died. And she said that she'd been raised in this idea that she, as a Christian woman, was always supposed to be giving her life to others and that Jesus would meet her needs and it didn't matter and, and that she was just supposed to sacrifice even unto death. And she said she'd been doing that and she was about to die. She was about to burn out. Is, is, that, is that really the Christian 
model? Uh, is that what Paul is talking about here? I, I think that is such an important question, because here, last week we talked about CARM, the rescue mission. They have this uh, ministry to victims of domestic abuse. And uh, it's a hidden place. It's not too far from here. I've been there a number of times. So, so I think someone here tonight actually leads a, a Bible study there on a weekly basis. Wonderful ladies. They're all victims of domestic abuse, or most of them are. Now imagine if I went there tonight and I taught on this passage as a Christmas devotional. And these women who are victims of domestic abuse, and I, and I said, you need to empty yourself of your needs and not focus on your needs. You need to sacrifice for that other person, serve that other person. You need to even be willing to die for that other person. It's not about your needs at all. Isn't it possible that some of those dear women might think, you know, I am so selfish. I should, should, I should go back into that abusive relationship. If I were a better Christian, I would want to just serve him unto death. Is that really what we're talking about here tonight? Well, I don't, I don't think it possibly can be. Uh, I think what we're seeing in this passage is a general principle, a general approach to Christian community that is sacrificial cross-shaped love. And the principle here is, is that if everyone in our church, everyone in the communities we're a part of, if we can have that mindset, that posture, that I am here to serve you, to empty myself of my need to be respected, to love you, to pay attention to your needs, if we all come into the room with that posture, wonderful things are going to happen. I think that's the, the point of this beautiful passage. But you also have to read scriptures in the context of the rest of the Bible. And we don't have much time tonight, but there are many passages in the Bible that say there are times when you should withdraw from toxic people. Matthew 18 says that after a number of efforts to work through things, if it can't be done, you should withdraw a level of Christian fellowship. Titus 3.9 says, As for a person who's constantly causing division in your life, after warning him once and twice, have nothing more to do with him. Romans 16.7, I appeal to you, watch out for those who are constantly causing division, creating obstacles, avoid them. 1 Corinthians 5 is really kind of rough. Purge them from among you. (laughs) Now, there's a whole sermon there about those rough passages and and what they mean and how to apply them. And now we're not going to talk about that tonight. But I want us to hold these two truths in tension. On the one hand, we are to enter into difficult relationships like Jesus did, sacrificially emptying ourselves of our needs and rights, laying down our needs, putting their needs above ourselves. That's the posture of the cross. At the same time, there are times when it is appropriate to withdraw, for a season at least, because the relationship is so toxic. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. There is a love stronger than death. And and this is the the, the highest form of sacrificial love 
laying down your life for another. You know, last week I, I, I said that teachers were going to go down in history as some of the heroes of the pandemic, and of course medical professionals are as well. And this morning I had my annual physical, and my doctor's a young guy, and I looked at him, and he just looked exhausted. And I said, are you okay? And he said, I, I've had COVID. And he said, 90% of the people who get COVID, it doesn't hardly bother them at all. 10%, it wrecks them. He was one of the 10%. And yet this doctor puts his shield on and his mask, and he, it doesn't even occur to him to stop going. He's just going to keep going and care for us throughout the whole thing. And thousands of healthcare professionals are doing that every day for us. That's cross-shaped love. I'm going to care for you even if I put myself at risk. Well, does that give us hope? I think it does. I think it does. Because it shows us a way, a simple, profound way of loving the people that we're struggling with. I'll end with this. This morning I was driving to swim practice. I was on topside roads, 5.15 in the morning, pitch black. Uh, I was listening to a little prayer devotional. I was just enjoying the peace. Uh, a deer runs right in front of my car, and I hit it, going 45, 50 miles an hour. Deer flips up goes over the top of my car, uh, flies off into the woods. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize how much damage had been done until I parked the car. I, um, the car's in the shop, thousands of dollars, wrecked the hood, wrecked the side, wrecked the side of my car. When I finally got the rental car and got the car to the shop and all that stuff, and uh, I, I sat down and I, I found myself shaking. And I, I, I actually still feel that way. And uh, I was talking about it with a friend, and, and, I, and I realized there were two things going on in me. One is I, I deeply grieve the taking of a life. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to kill animals. And I, felt, I feel very sad for taking the animal's life. But I also realized just how quickly life can end. Just one swerve. Had the deer hit me just a little bit off, could have gone right through my windshield. And I'm still shaking just thinking about it. And it just reminds me how short life is. And we don't know when it ends. And so when you think about the relationships in your life that God is calling you to pursue, if you can, don't wait till next Christmas. Life is short. Let's move towards one another in cross-shaped love. Father, it's cold here. We love you. Pray for everyone that's a part of this virtual community. Lord, I'm getting emails from people all over who are, are, are actually starting to connect with our, our, our little church here. And we welcome you. If you're listening tonight, please send me an email. And I'd love to talk with you more about how you can become a part of our fellowship. Lord, guide us, watch over us, help us love well as we go into the last few days of Advent. In your name, amen.